That's our prayer tonight, Lord. That's our prayer. As we step through the door of 2024, we say, let our lives be an open heaven. Open heaven. It's what you paid for, Jesus. Jesus. God, I thank you tonight that each one of us in this room, our lives are hidden in you, that our lives are in Christ. And when you died, we died with you. And when you rose, we rose with you. And when you ascended, we ascended with you because our lives are in you. And that right now, in this very moment, we are seated with you in the heavenly realm. The, the truth of that is hard for our minds to comprehend, but our hearts say yes. Our heart says yes. This is where we belong. we just say as we step into this new year, God, that we would realize more and more in increasing measures as the days move forward where we are actually seated, where we dwell. And let it be on earth just as it is in heaven, that your kingdom would come through us because you've left us here on this earth to be the gateways, to be the gates that our hearts and our minds and our mouths would be the gate for your kingdom to flow through. Thank you, Lord, for positioning us in victory, in your victory. Thank you, Lord, for clothing us with resurrection power. We are alive. God, we just declare tonight, I am alive in you. I am alive. I am more alive now than I've ever been before because my life is in you and your spirit, your spirit is alive in me and in my spiritual family in this room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I just feel like we need to take some time and pray for one another. So often we each go through seasons where we just need we just need people to lay hands on us and to just release the power of God, release the Holy Spirit, release the kingdom which is in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom. So I'm just going to ask right now, if you want hands laid on you, if you want prayer of a release of strength, of encouragement, of Holy Spirit power, I just saw tonight that the Lord was baptizing us afresh in fire. He wants to baptize us afresh with fresh fire to step into this new year. So if you want prayer, I'm going to invite you to stand where you are. If some of you want to come up into the front here, we're just going to take a few minutes and we'll just lay hands on one another. Maybe there's a better way to do this. I don't know. Yeah. Why don't we do this? Why don't we just get, get close to someone next to you? If, if right next to you, just put your hand on your neighbor. Just put your hand on your neighbor. Someone, someone will come to you if you don't have a neighbor next to you. 
Papa John, you can come up here and be my neighbor. Or were you going to go back there? Okay. Won't you be my neighbor? Just just pray in the Spirit as you're laying hands. Holy Spirit, we just release your presence. We just declare over the person on our left and on our right that your presence is more than enough. You are more than enough. Yeah, there's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no senior Holy Spirit. You carry the flame of heaven within you. Release it. Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's actually in your hand to be released. So we just declare strength for this new year. Wisdom and revelation for this new year. Fresh fire. Thank you, Lord. Lord, let your light just shine, Lord God. Let it be our path. Guide our path, Lord God. Wherever we set our feet, Lord God, may your light always be on it, Lord God. Let other people see you in us, Lord God, this coming year, Lord God. Let us go out and just spread your word, Lord God, your love, Lord God, your light, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord. We just ask for your blessing that we do this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wherever we go, set somebody in front of us, Lord God. Put people in our way, Lord God, that we don't go around them. We just talk to them, Lord God. We give them your word, Lord. And your love, Lord God. Oh, Lord, let your, let your love just increase. Increase this coming year, Lord God. Increase, Lord God, in everybody, Lord God. Just increase in us and let us give it away freely. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let us learn to love as you loved, Lord God. Your love is pure. Pure. Your light is pure, Lord God. Everything about you is pure, Lord God. Ah, oh, Lord, just uh, touch us. Let us be pure in your holy name, Lord. In your name, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God. Holy Spirit, always dwell in us. And just, oh, we want more of you and less of us. Just more and more and more, Lord. Ooh. Yes, Lord. Just uh, increase, increase everything in us, Lord God. Our love, our witness, Lord God. Let us be a testimony for you, Lord God. Let people see Jesus in us, Lord God. Lord God, let us see Jesus in each other, Lord God. Let us love all. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God, that every good and perfect gift comes down from you, the Father of heavenly lights. Father of heavenly lights. You don't change like shifting shadows. You're a good father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Yeah, just, just say, I bless you in the name of the Lord. Just speak that over, over your neighbor, anyone close to you. Liberty, I just bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus. So glad you're here.
that afternoon I kept hearing the phrase in the year of our Lord like you would read in like a history book or, or something this event happened in the year of our Lord 587 but it's for 2024 and even though every year is the year of the Lord really but 2024 is the year of the Lord it's going to be by his power. It's going to be by his might. And it's just good, like it's, it says in Psalms 146, where we don't need to trust in anyone else. Or, or, you know, maybe it's a leader on the earth, or we don't trust in man, but we trust in Jesus. And it says in, in 146, Verse 5 is, and on it says, Blessed is, is he whose help is the God of Jacob. Blessed are you guys. God is your help. God is our help. Whose hope is in the Lord, his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. And because of Jesus' blood covering us, he's made us righteous. And that means he loves all of us. The Lord watches over the sojourners we are sojourners in the earth and we're not going to be here forever he upholds the widow and the fatherless but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin the lord will reign forever your god O zion to all generations praise the lord and i'm just so looking forward to seeing what god is going to do in this new season in our lives in each of us individually, personally, in our families, in our companies, in our counties, in our nation, in the world. And it's going to be amazing. And guess who's going to do it? It's going to be God, the God that we hope in. And I just want to speak life to everyone here, wherever you have been at in this previous season, whatever difficulties or challenges that you've been in. And believe me, we've had some of our own challenges, and they have been very difficult. But I sense the Holy Spirit, like I saw during worship, it was as if Jesus was strengthening each of our legs, like he had washed us clean in his word, in the waves of his word, and then he's strengthening our legs. He's giving us new strength to run the race into 2024. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that it's you. It's by your power and your strength and your joy, joy to go forward, to run forward in strength. And we weren't just running anywhere. We were running after Jesus. It was like we were on like, it was like this golden path in the night. And it was dark on either side of the path. But wherever Jesus is going, it's light and it's beautiful and it's heaven, just like we were just now singing. What would heaven be like? What is heaven like? I don't know, but it must be good. Lord, give us a greater revelation of what your heaven is like. And I just started imagining, like, what would it be like if we were just surrounded by riches and jewels and amazing, crazy things, but the presence of God is so incredible, it makes all those things strangely dim. Like, we don't care anymore. Like, that's the kind of revelation I want in my own life. And I think that's what everybody here also wants. So, Lord, I just thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you give us strength in our legs. You give us joy. You take us into new seasons. We can fully trust in you. We can let go of the old in the old seasons and we can step with you into the new season. Ah, and your burden is light.
Thank you, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that it's by your strength, by your mercy, by your power, that people are healed and delivered. And we will continually praise you and rejoice in you in this coming season. Thank you, Father, for restoring us, for strengthening us, giving us new strength. Thank you that we can rely on you for life. You are the source of life. Thank you, Jesus. That's a good word, man. If you receive it for yourself, say, I receive it. I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it. I have just a couple couple words that I want to release. <clears throat> Since you're still here, sometimes I know you guys have to go soon. And <clears throat> I just, I, I took, took it upon myself to look up your last name to see if it has a special meaning. And Lang means long or tall. And I just hear the Lord say that you are the Lang family. You live in a tall house. Literally, it's tall. Three stories. It's tall. On Highland. And the scripture came to mind in Ephesians 4, I believe it's 4 or 3, where Paul prayed that, that we would grasp with all the saints how high and how wide and how deep and how long is the love of Christ. And I just felt like the Lord says, His love is over your house, that your house bears the name of the Lord over it. The name of the Lord is like a strong tower and your home is a strong tower of refuge. It is a, is a safe place. Your home is a lighthouse full of light. I just speak that over you. I don't know how you feel about your own house or everything, but I feel the Lord says he is with you. He is for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he is with you more than you could ever imagine. Like we pray that you would have power together with all the saints to grasp, grab hold of how high and wide and long and deep is the love of God and the light, the brightness of his love, the brightness of his presence over your lives. One little flame of the Spirit is enough to light up a city. And you are a city set on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden. So we just release that. We, we call that out. We call that out over your family, over your home, in Jesus' name. I was challenged this week. I was listening to a, a training about prophetic culture. And Steve Backlund said, if you get a prophetic word and it doesn't feel challenging, if it doesn't like stretch you to grab hold of it, if it doesn't, if it's so easy for you to say, yeah, yeah, that, that calls out, you know, what I already know, then it's not a high enough prophetic word. Sometimes you need to hear something that feels, it feels above where you're at. I don't know how many more times we're gonna get Richard here. But I had to look up your name too. This is just kind of how God springboards for me. I look up a name and then I see the name meaning. Not always do I hear something about every specific detail of that name. But your name, sir, means powerful, hardy, brave, and a strong ruler. I gotta hold myself together here. I feel the heart of the Lord so strong over you, Richard. He says, you are a strong man in the spirit. You are brave in the spirit. You are powerful in the spirit. And you were born to rule in the spirit. He designed you not only to be physically a large man, to be a, a, a protector over your wife and your kids, but in the spirit, you are a giant. You may not know it or believe it. You might look in the mirror, you might look over your years and say, well, you know, all of us can do the same thing. We can, we can introspect, we can nasal gave, and we can disqualify ourselves because we look at our own inadequacies. But I feel like the Lord wants us to, to look higher. He wants us to turn our ears towards heaven and hear what he says about us because his thoughts define us. What he says about you defines who you are. 
not man, not even your spouse, not that your spouse would say things that, that aren't true, that don't line up with heaven, not your kids, not your coworkers, not your neighbors. What God says about you and me is what should define us. It is what truly does define us. So I just call that out tonight. I call out that you are, you are powerful, you are strong, you are hardy. You're gonna make it till the end that God has planned for you. I, I often will say this scripture <clears throat> that every day that he has ordained for you were written in his book. And I declare over you that you are going to live to fulfill every one of those, those pages, every one of those days that were written before you were born. His plan for your life will not be cut short because we declare now in the name of the Lord that you will live to fulfill every one of those days. You receive it. Oh, there we go. Amen. That's all I need to hear is a little amen. <laughs> you guys got anything else? Tammy? Okay, I'm gonna to try to move forward because David and Kara are going to lead us through communion tonight. And I know that last time, not last week, but the week before, I think that's when it was, we forgot. And then at the last minute, um, we got to it quickly. We were all ready, ready to go. I'm gonna do my best not to go too long, but I, I feel like like God gave us some, gave me some specific scriptures to lay out. Are you hungry for truth? Do you need some truth that will actually give you some steps to walk on as you step into January 1st, tomorrow morning? Okay, I have one announcement. I see it here on the screen. I'm not asking the whole church to do this, but Bethel is going to be starting a seven-day fast beginning next Sunday through Saturday. It's a seven-day fast. They're calling it Feasting on His Presence. You know, fasting, what it does, I know my dad's had a lot of contemplation about this. I, I like what I've heard recently and, and actually over the, the last little while, that fasting more than anything else, it doesn't change God, it changes us. It does something to us. It softens us. It makes us pliable. It, it makes us vulnerable to God when we, when we fast and feast on him instead. So here's just a little bit about that fast. I'm going to try to go through this quickly. So Bethel's mandate is revival. Bethel Church is our stream. So we, for the most part, pull on the things that are happening at that house. It's not just a church. It's a movement. So Bethel's mandate is revival. That's our mandate. We want to be a revivalist church in Bremerton and Kitsap County. And our house seeks to camp out around the presence of God in all that we do. In the same pursuit, we have felt led by the Holy Spirit to intentionally seek him for seven days from January 7th through the 13th, 2024. Fasting creates room for us to intentionally feast on the Lord's presence. This invitation is to experience lavish love and intimacy with God. I, I misread that. And that is our why for this fast. I'm going to go for it. I've been wanting to do a fast. The, the most I, I was going to do a five-day fast this last year. I made it four days. That four days was awesome. Like God was shaking some things out of me that I didn't even realize needed to be shaken. And I know that, that there's more. I want to be changed. I want more intimacy with the Lord. So that's why I'm going to do it. It continues on in the description of this fast. The invitation for us is clear to make room in our lives to feast on his presence, making consecrated time to be with him daily through fasting, whatever he is giving us direction and grace to remove from our lives for a week. We see this as a time of the Lord wooing us to a banquet of encounters. That sounds good to me. You want a banquet of encounters? An invitation to closer union with him. Hmm. So you might wonder, well, that means I have to give up food, just drink water. You can choose to fast on whatever the spirit of God leads you to fast from. It might be social media. It might be caffeine. It might be sweets. It might just be two meals of the day and have a, a, a dinner in the evening. It might be a fast from, did I say social media? There you go again. 
whatever it is, Netflix, alcohol. You, if you want to do this, talk to the Lord about it. Get a sense in your heart what, what you feel would be something that you could lay aside and feast on him in place of that. Sound good? Here's what the focus is for Bethel Church. This is what I'm going to focus on. The supremacy and sufficiency of Christ. Jesus rules as king. He is the all-sufficient one, and he is everything we need. To partner with God in his passion for the lost and to see the world healed of sin and injustice. To forgive fellow brothers and sisters and pray for unity in the faith. To loose the peace of Christ. To pray for the global church. To pray for God's mercy and forgiveness upon our nation. God knows that's a good thing to pray for. Pray for the outpouring of the Spirit on all people. I think it's good. It's a good thing. So, okay. So I just have a few things, and I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do this without making you guys feel like I'm ramming through the notes. Just have a few scriptures. Most of it's going to come from Ephesians one, and a little bit of Ephesians one, and a little bit of Ephesians two. But our Revival pillars. The pillars of revival for our church are these. We maintain that God is good. That no matter what the circumstances are in our own lives, in the world, we know, we believe that he is good. That he's gooder than you can imagine. He's gooder than you think. I know that's, anyway, it's just saying it that way for fun. And I like to say it this way. Bethel used to do this all the time. And God is in a good mood. Wrap your mind around that one. Is he really in a good mood or is he angry? Is he sitting back in his big recliner chair with the newspaper? That's not how I experienced my dad. Well, the newspaper part. But is he sitting back in heaven with the newspaper with a furled brow, ready just to come down and start smacking everyone around because they're so stupid and full of sin? Or is he a graceful, loving father who is bent on bringing his righteousness and his kingdom in our lives and through our lives to change the world. So God is good. He's in a good mood. Jesus' blood paid for everything. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the blood of Christ paid for everything that we need? Not just your forgiveness of sins, not just the healing of your body, not just freedom from demonic oppression, but access. Jesus' blood paid for all that we need for life and for mopeds. Well, maybe not a moped. Sounds kind of silly. Or is that a giant wasp out there or something? (laughs) Number three, so God is good. Jesus' blood paid for everything. Therefore, we want to see Jesus get the full reward of his suffering. Everyone is significant. If you are sitting here right now, which you are, you are significant. You, you are not given permission by God to write yourself out, out and off of his plan. You're significant. It might be in small ways or it might be in big ways, but you are significant in the kingdom. He gave you the Holy Spirit so that you can bring the kingdom, so that you can take territory, even if it's in your own life. And with God, all things are possible. Part of the pillars of revival are believing that God is the God of the impossible, that with him all things are possible. He's the God of the breakthrough. So with that, we're going to lean in just for a minute into Romans 12, 1 and 2. Steve Backlund kind of stirred this up for me this week. This was... This was the scripture that I was asked to memorize 35 years ago. Well, this Easter will be 35 years that I was baptized. And there they go again. Anyway, I'll try not to be distracted and start goofing around. I had to memorize this and recite it in front of a church of people. And I was a a new Christian. I was very nervous. But this is my life scripture, one of my life scriptures. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters... Means girls too, okay? Brothers. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That's the first place. God wants our heart, 
He wants us to, to be in that place of, of willing yieldedness, giving him our heart. But check out the next verse. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How do we get transformed? Is it by giving him more of our heart? Do we ask God for transformation to come into our lives by just surrendering more? God, I, I, I thought I gave you all my heart, but maybe there's more. Maybe I need to yield more. Or is it by giving him our mind? According to Romans 1 verse 2, 12 verse 2, it says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the prayer tonight, the end of our worship, was that we would be in open heaven, right? God has already paid the price. The blood of Jesus has provided you and me with access to the Father through the Holy Spirit. We have 24-7 access to an open heaven. But as Bill Johnson likes to say, the only closed heaven for a believer is between their ears. God wants to renew the thinking the stinking thing. He doesn't want to renew the stinking part, but he wants to renew the way we think with truth. He wants to tear down the strongholds of lies that are inside of our minds that keep us from fully walking in, in glistening hope and true victorious hope and mindsets. And that happens as we spend time in his presence and taking hold of the truth and renew, you know, sometimes we have to declare it. Sometimes we have to not just sing the songs in an atmosphere of worship, like in this room, but when we go home, when we're feeling weak, when we're feeling like I don't have an open heaven, that's the time when we, sh we should, we need to, to begin to declare the truth. One of Steve Backlund's tools is that, and I lost internet connection here. One of his tools when a lie comes to your mind, because you know the truth that you've been given an open heaven, right? But if you don't feel like you have an open heaven, then one thing you can know right away is feelings are not a good indicator of truth. Feelings don't determine what is true. And the more we renew our mind with truth, our emotions and our feelings will begin to line up. I'm hoping I get some internet connection here because I lost all ability to move forward in the slides. Oh, there it is. I got it. I got it. So the only closed heaven is between our ears. Why is it important that we have an open heaven? Why, do, why is it important that we believe that we have an open heaven? I believe that it's because God wants you and I to learn how to have an intimate relationship with him where we can come to him and meet with him and exchange with him and be filled with his fullness. That we wouldn't feel like our emotions and our beliefs are keeping us from God, that we're being shy or fearful or shameful even to come into his presence because those things will will only hold you back until you, you choose to bring it all into his presence. He wants us to bring it all before him. Let's look at another scripture before I lose internet here. I'm going to start getting through this. So Ephesians 1, 3 through 5 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Just say, he's blessed me. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just say every spiritual blessing. Yeah, that, that means all. That was a bomb going off out there. Even it is New Year's Eve, so we'll get out of here to enjoy some fireworks, maybe, or at least we'll hear them all night. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. He predestined us for the adoption to himself as sons. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins or trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. You have been chosen, you have been predestined, you have been adopted. You are a son or a daughter of God. You belong to him. I belong to him. 
And he has provided redemption. We have been redeemed through the blood of Jesus. Our sin is no longer an issue for him because the blood of Christ has become the covering sacrifice, the atoning sacrifice, the propitiation, if you use the ESV version. That's a fun one to learn how to say, propitiation. He's the covering. He's the sacrificial lamb. You and I have been covered by the blood of Jesus. Let's look at another verse here. We're going to zip through these. Ephesians 1, 17 to 21, Paul prayed, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You and I were born for intimacy with the Lord. We were not saved to fall into a religious mindset of doing ritual, doing routine. I mean, that's some of those disciplines, many of those disciplines are important and they're good for us to practice, but it needs to go beyond just religious duty. He saved us so that he could walk with you and me and know you and me intimately, where you and I can learn how to hear his voice, where we could learn how to access his presence by faith in an increasing measure, in increasing ways. I pray, as Paul continues here, I pray that the eyes of your heart, why don't you put your hand on your heart? Although I heard it's in your belly, you could put it on your belly if you want. That's where I'm gonna put mine. They say your spirit is in the belly, you know, out of your belly, rivers of living water flow. But Paul says, I pray, so I'm gonna pray this right now, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He wants to open the eyes of your heart and mind that you would know hope and you would know the power of God. So what is hope? Is it just wishful thinking? What is hope? I love Steve Backlund's interpretation or, or a description of what he believes hope is. Hope is an overall optimistic outlook on the future Okay, so we're looking at the future with an overall optimistic outlook based on the goodness and promises of God. So if we know the promises of God, then we can learn to look to the future with an optimistic perspective, trusting in his goodness. I would rather have hope than be hopeless and just believe for the worst to come. Why not believe for the best? Even if things are looking really scary and really ugly in my own life, in my family, it's not, by the way, but you know, if, if, if some bad news came down the line, if there was a challenge, if there was some kind of disaster, I wanna choose to believe in the goodness of God over my life and over my family, that he has a way where there seems to be no way. He is the God who makes the impossible possible. As like my notes, I just chicken scratched all over. And look, we're already more than halfway done. So one of the things you might be challenged to, to think to yourself, well, I gotta be realistic. You know, can I just look at the future with, with optimism and in this hopefulness and the God of of all things made possible? Isn't that being a little bit just too unrealistic? And uh, between Steve and Wendy Backland. She confronted him with this reality. God did not call you and I to be realistic. He called us to be supernatural. You are a supernatural, born again, son or daughter of God. You have been clothed in Jesus. You have been covered in his royalty. You have been given authority from his powerful name above all names. You have been given the spirit of God to empower you, not just to rule and reign in life in your own circumstances, but to bring the kingdom, to bring answers, to bring solutions to the world. That sounds pretty big, but let's take the first step in going deeper into those things with God. Okay, another scripture. I don't think I've convinced anyone yet. It continues on in, in a, after verse 17. That power, so this Holy Spirit power that you and I have, it's the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead 
and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. So the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you and me is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And it's the same power that lifted him up into the heavenlies that caused him to ascend to the right hand of the Father. And he right now is ruling and reigning above every authority, power, dominion, and name that is named. And guess what? Where are we in this situation? We are seated with him. You and I are with him. So what does that mean? Where is the enemy if we are seated with Christ? If, if he is above every rule and authority and power and dominion, and we're seated with him, then the devil, the enemy, is under our feet. He's under my, just say, you're under my foot, devil. I mean, you don't have to say it with that kind of a voice, but, you know, arr, arr. You guys missed out, by the way. Wednesday night, these guys brought the pirate translation of the Bible. And that was fun to read Psalm 91 from the arr, pirate translation. I did my best. I didn't have the patch over my eye, but then I probably wouldn't be able to read it. So, where are you? Where are you seated? With Christ in the heavenly places. Amen. Right now. That is like now. That's not when you die and go to heaven someday. You've already died and gone to heaven. You died a death to your old self when you gave your life to Jesus. You were crucified with him. Like Paul said, Paul's not the only one who gets to say it. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live. But the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. You and I have died, and we have been born again. We are risen with Christ. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And I know the struggle. I know when you're thinking, I don't feel like my current experience is a new creation experience. I feel like Today was a day, not today, but you know, you could just say of a bad day. I feel like today was an old man day. The, you know, the, the, the dead man that's been buried and crucified with Christ. I felt like he resurrected from the dead and walked around for a day, drove around in a mail truck, <clears throat> cussed a few times, you know, whatever. I want to encourage you and challenge you. Paul himself said in Romans, consider, reckon, Consider yourself dead to sin, but alive unto God. It's a daily reckoning. It's a daily considering of what is true, even though you might not currently be, be walking in that truth, that reality. It is a higher truth. It's an invitation from the word of God to, to step into a higher perspective. Ephesians 2.6 says, And God raised us up with Christ, in case you didn't believe us when we're saying this. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We're almost done here, and then we're going to have communion. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him, through Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one Holy Spirit. You may feel like, I just can't feel God. I can't hear him. I don't, I feel like I'm a million miles away. The Holy Spirit is in you and with you to give you direct access to the Father. Sometimes you just need to fall on your knees before the Lord and just say, Lord, I just, I surrender again. I surrender brand new today. Search my heart. Know me. Try me. See if there's any offensive way in me. And then lead me in. Lead me on. If there's anyone I need to forgive, that's a good one to ask. Is there someone I need to forgive? See, for unforgiveness is one of those, those things that cage us. When we choose not to forgive someone that's hurt us or, or offended us, it puts us in a cage. It's, it's like a prison. I mean, Jesus said, if you don't forgive your brother from your heart, you're going to get put in a prison and you're going to stay there until you pay back every last penny. Sounds pretty heavy duty. So it's needless to say, it's important that we learn to forgive and forgive regularly. I would encourage you, spend time with the Lord. Let that be the first thing you ask because once you begin to forgive and get that out of the way, I, I'm almost 100% guaranteed that you will hear his voice more clearly. You will hear him and ask him questions. Ask him what he thinks of you. 
Ask him how he sees you. Ask him his plans for your life. Let's move on. Almost done. This is a good one. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. And we only have one other verse after this, and we're going to have communion. His divine power has given us everything. Just say everything. I've got to wake you guys up. I've got to wake you up a little bit. His divine power has given us everything we need for life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through his promises, we're talking about the promises recorded in the written word of God. He has given us his divine power and promises so that through them, we might participate in the divine nature. See, God has, he has become one spirit with your spirit when you were born again. Holy Spirit came into your heart, into the little womb of your spirit and resurrected your dead towards God's spirit and brought you back to life and placed himself like a seed inside of your heart, inside of the womb of your spirit. He became one with you and you became a new creature in Christ. You got a new DNA, a new nature. And through taking hold of the, the promises of God and being renewed in our thinking through the truth, what's true, tearing down strongholds of lies that create hopelessness and replacing them with strongholds of truth that bring hope, we get to be transformed as that happens. 2024 is so important. We are, we are living in a time where things are getting just wacky out there. I'm not going to even go into it, but you all know we are living in wild days. Like the last three years, it's like someone put it in fifth gear or something and put, put the pedal to the metal. We are going to hell in a handbasket. Yeehaw. I don't know. That's just my perspective. Like a crazy clown driver driving the truck. I'm like, I am not going to get in that car. No. I am going to get in the car that King Jesus is driving. In fact, it's not even a car. It's like a chariot. It's like this fancy gold chariot. King Jesus with his glowing white flowing hair blowing in the wind, sword coming out of his mouth. He is just like preparing the way. He's paving the way forward. And all we got to do is follow him. All we got to do is fix our eyes on him and go where he goes. And we will find ourselves hopeful, and perspective will be brighter and we will shine as we behold his glory. Did I read all that? Pretty much, okay. Last scripture. So Ephesians 3.10, just kind of doing a little Ephesians hop along here. Paul said that God's intent was that right now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God or many manifold is could be seen as many folded, many multifaceted. The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. God's just going to come down and, and manifest His wisdom through the in the clouds, or is it through us? See, He wants to manifest His nature, His goodness his brilliance, his wisdom, his understanding, his patience, his love, his spirit of reconciliation, his healing, all of the goodness of God, all of that wrapped up in the gospel that Jesus paid for. He wants you and I to be able to be the ones. It's like he, he's like, I don't want to do all, all the fun myself. I chose you. I predestined you. I adopted you to become sons and daughters of God, that you could take a facet of my nature, many facets of my nature, and reveal it in the earth and show those rulers and authorities and powers who he really is. So, we're going to move forward into communion. We'll have everybody come forward and partake of the elements. We have wine on the right and grape juice on the left.
before we take communion, I just want to say, like, thank you, Scott, for bringing that word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that word to Scott. It's such a good reminder to know that we are seated with him in heavenly places and that our emotions do not determine what is true. It's the word of God that determines what is true in our lives. And so often our emotions can be so ramped up, it can really block out and blind us from what the truth is. We start to forget. And Holy Spirit is reminding us of what is truth. We are seated with him currently right now. Right now, right this instance. And we're living by his spirit. And that's what allows us to, to go forward with him. And it's not just a one and done. That's that very last thing in Ephesians that you read, Scott. It was about how he wants to exhibit his manifold wisdom to the authorities of the earth. And we get to partner with him in that. This wasn't just, I mean, it was finished 2,000 years ago, but there's still a part for us to play right now, today, this year, 2024. And that's so good. I'm, it does make me happy to remember that. And the more and more we remind ourselves, can we just say, like, you know, we're supposed to be believers, not unbelievers. Let's just say together all unbelief. Go now in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, all unbelief must go. We are believers. We believe in that truth. Thank you, Jesus. As believers, we take up the delicious feast, the body of Jesus that was broken. Every stripe that he bore was for our healing. He became cursed. Every sickness, every disease, every infirmity. He took that upon the cross for us. In exchange, we get to walk in healing, divine health, emotional health, soul healing, physical healing. Anywhere there's pain in your body, anywhere you have doubt, you got a creaky joint. I just see all my joints, all my bones, everything upon the cross. So Lord, I just thank you right now for your body that was broken for my wholeness. And we just declare your wholeness over this body in Jesus' name. Let's take the bread. Thank you, Jesus. And it's by this blood that we're holding in our hands. The blood of Jesus that we are washed clean from all of our sins of unrighteousness and this causes us to be righteous before the father thank you jesus that you did it all it was more than enough and you were the perfect sacrifice you were the spotless lamb you are the spotless lamb you did it once and for all By your grace and your power, you resurrected us with Jesus to be with him. And you forgave us so much. Lord, we forgive all those. We forgive all those who've, who have harmed us or hurt us. Thank you, Jesus. Let's drink the blood. Hey, I want to just add to that when we forgive, sometimes we forget that you can even forgive yourself. You're a person too. Sometimes you just need to forgive yourself. I've asked David to end the evening tonight by blowing the shofar. And I was looking at earlier today, 
um, but it's not in the Passion Translation. We'll just look it up in the ESV real quick. Joel chapter 2. Actually, I was looking at this yesterday and today, and I just was like, this is a powerful scripture, powerful chapter. I'm not going to read all of it, but you and I have been called to battle. You were born into a battle. I was born into a battle. That's why things can get really hard and things can get just ugly in our own lives because we forget, oh, we're in a spiritual war. We don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against invisible forces of darkness in the heavenly realm. That's why it's important for us to get back into our seat where Christ is seated and see things from heaven's perspective where Satan is under our feet. But it says in Joel 2, blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming, it is near. A day, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness, there is spread upon the mountains a great and powerful people. I wonder who that is. Their like has never been before, nor will be again after them through the years of all generations. Fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. Hmm, I wonder what that fire is. Holy Spirit, maybe. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them but behind them a desolate wilderness and nothing escapes them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses and like war horses they run. As with the rumbling of chariots, they leap on the top of the mountains like the crackling of a flame of fire, devouring the stubble like a powerful army drawn up for battle. Like warriors, they charge. Just take hold of this for yourself. Like soldiers, they scale the wall. I know some of you are thinking of the song. They run on the mountain, or they they run on the walls. Anyway, great is the army that carries out his word. <clears throat> they march each his own on his own way. They do not swerve from their paths. They do not jostle one another. Uh, there's some wisdom there. Each marches in his path. They burst through the weapons and are not halted. They leap upon the city, they run upon the walls, they climb up into the houses, they enter through the windows like a thief. Nothing can stop us. The enemy cannot hold us back. We are going to take the land. I'm not talking about like killing people. We're going to disempower the enemy. We're going to take our place and do what Jesus did. So one last time it says, blow a trumpet in Zion. God, thank you for 2024 being an awesome, powerful year to do the works that you've prepared for us in advance to do. And we just say, we are ready, Lord. Here we are. We give all that we are to you to be used by you, to co-labor with you. And we thank you, God, that we we get to do this from the place of victory. In Jesus' name, amen. got the world's best shofar player in our church okay if you have to go we just say blessings on you we're not going to stick around long so we want everyone to be able to enjoy your new year's eve tonight but if you need to grab some coffee and get some prayer if you need prayer don't leave this room if you need physical healing in your body we would love to pray for you